0: All right, guys welcome back another podcast episode for you i'm gonna going to get right into it um questions these are gonna be a couple of questions that we got uh through instagram and i'm getting sounding like a broken record here with apologizing for taking so long to get back i'm i'm working my i'm working my tail off here trying to get caught back up we've got i've um i found a bunch of you know i'm not the best with technology but i found a bunch of old questions that, that were in our Facebook actually messaging that had not got answered I thought they were um, I think what happened was is I usually scroll through them and I, I try to reply to them all and then basically when I get time to do it again there's it's usually a few days later and there's a significant number of them so I usually scroll down into the last spot that I see that I commented and then I pick up from there well I must have there must have been a couple that were real quick and easy and I commented on them or responded back to him, and there was a number of them prior to that so these are from some of these are from like may so uh totally overlooked on my part and i apologize for that um i'm playing playing catch up on that um instagram continues to to create and generate a lot of questions as well so i balance i try to balance um the time to be able to get back to them as as best i can gonna go right into like it, the nice part about it is is it does make for real easy setups, um, for podcasts. Um, we have, we are stressed a little bit, maybe time-wise when it comes to, um, having enough time to do what we want to do regarding the podcast. Um, I find myself probably, you could say that a lot about a lot of the things that we have going right now. There's a lot of, we have a lot of goals and we have a lot of objectives that we're working towards. Um, and we're finding that we really have to prioritize, and unfortunately, time is not. Uh, we don't have a lot of it, and so, and I, I think everybody faces that. So, I share it with you not for sympathy um, at all, because I, in fact, I, I think the opposite. Like I appreciate it. Like I thank you guys for keeping us this busy. Um, we are just doing our best because we have. There's, there's so many things that we want to do, and I think that we. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get to them. Um, we're making some changes and adjustments here. We're adding a few more people. Um, we have added a few people. We're gonna be adding a few more. So I'm kind of excited about that. All of it is to try to do a better job of being able to provide more, I think. That's, that's really what we're looking to do. And so I think that's the key. Um, our key to success is continue to create through these projects and the podcast is one of them for sure. Um, but we'll, we're getting there. So, uh, the, from a question standpoint, I'm going to, I'm going to start out this one. This one came from Germany, um, which is pretty cool. We see, we do see quite a few. Um, I think we did one last week about that was somewhere in the UK or Ireland. Ireland. Um, and, and so I, there's, there's, a lot of international stuff it seems through especially through Instagram which I think is cool but so that I'll I'll start it out it says hey Jeremy I'm a German hunter I have five dogs for wild boar hunting I see your videos I like them very much I've got a question two of my dogs fight against each other if they're in the house everything is outside is okay do you have a do you have this problem and can you give me some tips thanks a lot Daniel uh looks like he's got I'm not sure what kind of dog he's got he's got a um, wire haired, maybe a wire haired pointer here. Um, I'm looking at his Instagram right now. He's got, I think a couple of different breeds here. Um, he looks like he's got a tackle. Um, he's got, he's got a couple different types of dogs. So he's using them to hunt boar, which I'm assuming now I'm, I'm not familiar with that over, especially over there. I'm assuming it's probably comparable to what we do over here with running bears and coyotes and I think there are guys that run dogs on, on hogs around here as well. So in the States, I should say, not necessarily up here in Wisconsin, but, um, so I don't, I don't know that that matters. I don't know that the, the answer to this question is not probably predicated on what you do with your dog, but hunting dog in the house. So family dog. So I like the sound of that, you know, I can relate to that. Our hunting dogs are all family dogs. We don't have a kennel. Our dogs all live in the house with us. Um, we do have crates, and we put them in the crates, and you've heard us talk about that before, and I think that's real important. I just sent my son um, with his dog, Chief. If you're following us on Instagram, you'll see there's a little black puppy once in a while that's been on our stories. Uh, his name is Chief. He's a puppy out of Spry. Um, we, bred Bri- we bred Spry um, to Bailey, who is a dog that's over in the U.K. Um, that we imported some semen from- semen off of. Um, really excited to see those puppies. One of those puppies went home this last weekend. Uh, Mason, my son, is keeping Chief, but he picked him up. He's been with us this week, but he's off to back to college for the weekend. Uh, brought Chief with him. So you, one of the things he had to do is he had to come get a crate. So we use crates, but we have family dogs, and when I say family dogs, I mean house dogs. And so I see or I read yours, and it sounds like you have the similar situation. So probably a lot of relatable information that we share here um for you daniel i think i like i was saying and got sidetracked i don't think it i don't think it matters what you're doing with the dogs as far as hunting hogs with them or not or hunting upland or hunting shed hunting or whatever it is you do with them i think it's that to me if you got two dogs that are fighting i i do think it's you know they're you got to look at them as what they are they're pack animals and so dogs, I, they're if they're fighting with another dog, or if they're throwing fits for one of the people in our family, I think it's one and the same. Like it's a it's a pack mentality thing, and the dog is testing, and the dog is um, creating friction with another member of the pack. And so, let's talk about it specifically with you. I look at it and I go, well, how come and when does it happen? It only happens in the house. And I would now look at it from a more micro standpoint and say, when does it happen in the house? Does it happen when one runs over to the other one? Does one instigate it? Does one, or or are they both involved with it? There's lots of different scenarios with it. What about the other three dogs? You've got five of them. What are the other three doing? Uh, Is it one dog fighting with the same other dog? Or is it one dog that fights with all the other dogs? And I think the answers to those questions will help narrow down the reasoning for it. I, I think let's just let me let me just say it's two dogs. There, there's two dogs in particular. And they always fight together. The easiest answer, and it's a simple answer, and it's a simple fix, is don't allow it to happen. And how do you do that? By taking control of the situation. Just like if I had two kids on a parking lot that would always go fight with each other, like if they went in for recess, uh, you know, break at school to playtime. They go out on the on the blacktop and they start picking fights with each other. I look at it and I go, man, the simplest way to stop these two from fighting is keep them apart from each other. They don't fight with anybody else, then keep those two apart. And then address it with each one individually. How come you don't like him? How come you don't like him? How come you two are always butting heads? And I might come to find out, well, maybe they're very similar. Maybe they're both into basketball, and they like to play basketball, and they are competitive, and when they get in a basketball game, they fight with each other. So there's a little bit of discovery involved with it to figure out why. The easiest way to eliminate it is take control of the situation, which means, let's just say one of the dog's names is Tim, and one of the dog's name is John. I take Tim and John, and I go, okay, you two fight and don't get along. So when we go out, and do our business whether it be going to the bathroom or going for exercise or doing whatever it is tim or john you're with me one or the other because if tim's with me and john decides to come over and pick a fight i'm here and so i can be in the middle of that right away and diffuse it before it even happens if john's with me and tim's running around tim doesn't get in trouble with the other dogs well then we've eliminated the opportunity for those two to fight and then when we come back to the house we come back in And you can hear a dog in her dreams right now behind us yipping. She's laying on a bed. And then next to her is another one laying on a bed. And next to her is another one laying on a bed. And I've got one over there laying on the carpet in front of the fireplace. So I've got four dogs here right now. And three out of the four are on their place, which is a bed. Two of them are sharing the bed. Tim and John shouldn't share a bed because Tim and John fight. So Tim gets a bed and John gets a bed and they might be on the opposite side of the room. And so when I come back in under control, I heal one of them over. And I tell them, get in your place. And then if the other dogs are in the house moving about, I put them in their place. I say, you go lay over here. You go lay over here. you And John, you go lay over there. And so now what we've just done is we've taken away the opportunity for the two to get into a scuffle. I got a message. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was, it was a response back from a response that I sent to someone. Uh, I believe it was our last podcast. What was our last podcast? Wasn't it about um because the, the guy said something about I'm trying to think here ben's gonna look it up quick the last podcast is right here The guy's i think his name was nate sims um so one of the things that that his dog did was ran around jumped on the counters jumped on furniture did all sorts of stuff uh that was uh mischievous and my answer in that podcast was pretty simple: uh, take away that freedom. You got to earn that freedom. Well, the same can be true about these two dogs that fight. Take away the freedom and make them earn it. And so, you can start to. First off, the other part of the other part of this is five dogs in one setting or one session or one area is an awful lot to handle. And so, if the, all the other dogs are getting along fine and you don't have any issues with behavior, good. With the exception of these two then let's start to separate these two and start working on them individually and so you might not let one run with the other four you might not let both run with the other three and then you start to slowly work on each one individually and if they're really good by themselves then maybe i go with one and i add one of the dogs that's not an issue one of the dogs one of those other three that is not a fighter And I start to work with one of the dogs that's a little volatile with one of the dogs that it doesn't seem to be volatile with. And if I can replicate all the behavior stuff and it goes well, then I might add in another one or I might switch it, put a different dog in there with it. But I think you take steps back as far as the control part of it and you reel some of those free reins in and then you slowly let the dogs earn the freedom back. If I had a dog that just created problems all the time. So I work I work multiple dogs. i got these four right here, and I'll work these four together tonight when it cools off a little bit. If one of those four was constantly creating an issue that was getting in the way of whatever it is we were trying to achieve as a group, the logical thing for me to do is remove the problem and go work on it by itself. And if you say, it's great by itself, okay, then... Th- adding three other dogs to it is too much. So don't add three, add one. And if adding one boils it over, we go, okay, we're not quite ready for that. So now we pick one of our best dogs, our steadiest dogs, and we tell them to sit and we put them on a remote sit where in an area that we're working in with the troublemaker. And we start working with the troublemaker at a distance from the other dogs. And we see if that is enough to create problems. And if it's not, then we just slowly work our way closer until we put them in the right proximity of each other where the one can function the troublemaker can function with the other dog near so all of these examples are taking the the issue that you have right now and just simplifying a bit backing up a bit and then starting to piece it back together slowly so i hope that helps now that's a pretty quick, how many minutes are we in? We're only in five, ten minutes, yeah. are we? So I'm going to answer another. I, I think it's a great question, and I think it's a pretty simple one. It's not black and white. It's not like, here, do this, which is oftentimes the case. I think there's way too many variables, first off. And the other thing is, is it's, it's going, like I just wrote an article for Gundog, and we talked about back chaining in pretty good detail. And we talked specifically about one setup that I do with my dogs. Um, I do it at our cabin. It's a great way for us to, I mean, we can continue to add difficulty to it. I can add distance to it. I can add more barriers to it, but it's this idea of crossing multiple bodies of water and multiple bodies of land, but not all at once to make the retrieve because the dog just breaks down and hunts short, doesn't get all the way through it. So how do I get to the point where I can send them across three bodies of water and two, two pieces of land without fail? and so I, I talked about in the article how i do it with Callie how i did it how i've done it with Callie it's hard for me to really describe it timely like from a time frame standpoint like a timeline but i did my best to say it might take a week it might take 2 days with her it took 2 weekends but the the varying levels the varying steps that would take place for me to do this with different dogs It might some of the dogs can take bigger jumps than others like some of them can take bigger steps in the process and not have a problem or trip up while some of them might trip up over the same step that the other dog did just fine and so then I have to look at it and go okay with this dog it might have to take that step and cut it into another two or three steps to make it up and so with the with this example with the examples we just talked about with some of my dogs, you may be able to take bigger bites off. But I think as a rule, if you think it's simplified enough, simplify it a little bit more. So if you think the dog can handle this, why don't you think about how could I do it in two steps or three steps to get there? And then I can say with some confidence that the dog will probably do it. But it's it's literally... Taking this long, long chain of events that are compiled into one, eventually to make a a fluid movement, but it's lots of little pieces that add up to it. And so you may have to, you may have to take what we just talked about and break it down even more. But you get the idea. Simplify things. Take away opportunities to fail. That's such a generic and Broad answer that is so applicable to everything we do with the dog. So, um, I, th- let me jump on this one. Next question that I'm going to ask, or that I was asked here, and I'm going to be able to send this guy a message. This was not that long ago, July seventh, so a week ago. So I'm only a week behind on this one. But uh, it says hello. I was curious if you have a heavy opinion on whether to get a male or female Labrador puppy. I've heard males are more stubborn, but I was wondering if it's actually any truth to it. Now, I think we've talked about this in the past. Yeah, we, did whole we did a whole podcast on it, so I'm just going to hit it with the Cliff Notes version for Ethan, and then I'll, I'll tell him. Um, I don't know which podcast it is. He'll have to look it up, but if you search it out on our podcast app, whatever app you're listening to, or if you search it out on our website, uh, Ben's all over it. Episode 125 is more detailed talking about it. Ethan, I think it's about preference. I don't think there... I mean, there are biological differences. There are changes, you know, in the dogs, males to females, and that's obvious. I think you run into certain things with males that you don't run into females with females as much. Although I have seen, you know, marking territories is one. You see, I've seen a lot of males that like to mark and lift a leg. And I've seen females that do it. So I don't think it's exclusive. I think different dogs have different personalities. Male versus female to me is really dependent on preference. Um, I personally prefer females I it's just they're not better I don't I don't know that I would say they're better than males I think they have as a rule they tend to be a little softer but that's not the case all the time for sure I have seen some very nice soft males I've seen some very um, stubborn if you will or a little more hard-headed a little more um, attitude females so I don't think it's a, a blanket statement that can be that should be or could be said Um, I think that you go through some timeliness stuff with it. You know, I don't, I think it takes, if you're going to get the dog fixed, if you don't plan on breeding the dog and you're going to get, I think you should get it fixed. If you're going to get it fixed, I wouldn't do it. I would not have a, a female done until she's at least, I'd like to get through two heat cycles minimum. Um, sometimes more than that, just because sometimes I've seen them come into heat pretty early, six, seven months, I've seen them come into their first heat cycle. So as a rule, it's before that first year. And then I'm probably going to get through the second heat cycle, which is six months later, and then maybe think about it. Um, the reasoning behind it with a male, I want to let the male mature physically. I think that's why a lot of the, like we do see some dogs that fill out very nicely. And this is just an aesthetics thing, but I do like, I like the look of a good, I like a good looking dog. Um, and my idea of a good looking dog is Maybe different than other people's as well. So, but I I like that full muscled out look. I think um, it's healthy. I think it's good for them for what I'm going to be asking them to do. So I do think that by getting some of those procedures done early, you do alter that. You 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 physically you you can't not alter it. You're removing things that are going to hormones and and things that are going to physically dictate and and drive the direction of how your dog finishes out from a, from a body standpoint. So I think it's, you know, it, it, it's a horse apiece. There's not, there's no like, this is better or that's better. It's what you like. I, I like the females. Um, I, I, you know, you said something about, I've heard that the males are more stubborn. I don't know that I'd buy that. Um, but preference. And so, uh, it, it could be said probably the same about color. You know, the, the color thing is a real hot topic. Um, it can be a real hot topic. I don't know that it's a real hot topic for me. I, I could, I don't care what color you like. Um, um I know what I like. And so I, I think it again, goes back to pretty much preference. So that's it. Two two quick hitter questions here off of Instagram. Um, I'll be sending some messages to you guys. Let you know. I uh, want to thank you guys for for listening. Want to thank you for following along with what we're doing. Um, we're doing our best to keep up. Um, I, I've got. I I know I said it in the beginning, but I just there's so many things that we that we that I want to do, and there's so many things that we are trying to do, um, with the idea of. Help, helping you as b- best we can. And so it's, it's um, a learning process for us. I'm excited about it. Uh, we do have some pretty, I think some pretty exciting things uh, on the, uh, we're on the cusp of, I would say. Um, a little early to share with some of it, but um, really looking forward to prepping through this, these next couple months. I, I, we just taught, had an internal meeting here and we talked about summer help. We've got summer help that, that is high they're high school students. Um, they they are a huge part of how we keep going from an assembly standpoint, from a product standpoint. Um, they're local kids that I think it's just I, I love having them in. I love I, I think I learn a lot from them. So, um, but we we've got we were talking about it and we go God we're more than halfway through with the Fourth of July going. We are more than halfway through. We're past the Fourth of July, so now we're like when is Labor Day? And then all of a sudden after labor day it's like hunting season because doves gonna open up and then it's early goose and then it's opening of grouse and so like we're really not that far away at, when you start talking i saw a brood of grouse this weekend up at my cabin uh literally right down the road from our cabin the the chicks looked like full-grown birds and so i think they were early i think it was a very early hatch for them um for that particular group but Trust me, it got my blood going. I was pretty excited about it. Um, so we're not that far away, and we're we're getting we're getting there. We gotta we have to make the most of this off season. When I call it an off season, I mean we are 100% preparation for hunting. And so there's going to be some conditioning. There's going to be some things that we need to to ensure that we prepare for accordingly. And if we're not ready for it, that's okay too. Like I, I, one of the questions that I'm going to talk about here, I've got it on my list of podcasts is, um, it's indirectly related, but it's, uh, the, someone sent me a question about, um, trials, field trials, wants me to talk about, wants to talk about me to talk about some field trial stuff with them or in a podcast. And one of the, and I just got another question that I need to respond to, too, is uh, about a person that is very nervous about some of the stuff that their dog is doing right now because they have a test date of September 12th or something like that, and they need to be ready for that. And so they're looking for me to be able to help accelerate their training and be in preparation for that. And I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version of uh, ahead of time, but that's why I don't that's part of the reason I don't do trials that's part of the reason I don't do I, I, that's part of the reason I don't like them it's not that the trial I don't like it's that the pressure that is put on these people to have to have this done so that they can go do this and I look at it and I go how come how do you why do you have to have the dog to this point because that's the date of the trial well forget about the trial go to it next year that I mean what does it matter if your dog's not ready they're not ready and unfortunately, they could care less about the calendar and the dates and the weekends and the schedule for this, that, and the other things. So I think, you know, with hunting season, I'm, I'm very excited about it, but I'm excited about it with a dog that, like, like my excitement right now, level right now is with Callie. It's going to be her first season hunting. She'll be over two years old. It'll be her first time hunting. And I think she's prepared for it, but I can't, I can't finish preparing for her I can't finish it out until we can actually go and hunt. I'll talk more about that in another, ep- in another podcast. but the- And it's part of the series of the gun dog articles that we're writing right now. So thank you guys for following along. I know I'm going off on other things, but I've got a lot of things I'd like-, like to share and talk about. Um, I've also got a couple friends that I want to bring in on this as well. Cause I, I think I can get some value out of some folks that in some areas that I don't know that I feel that confident about talking about. So, uh, I've gotten working on that as well. So thank you guys for the support. I appreciate it. Uh, do us a favor. If you're listening where you, um, can please leave us a review or a rating, uh, and be sure to subscribe. And if you're not following us on YouTube, make Ben's day. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube. He's the, the, He's just he's not sleeping at night because of the follower. He's trying to grow our following and I said, "Ben, just take it easy, trust the process." All right, thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon.